Penn State's big game against Auburn is coming up this Saturday, and today is a special crossover edition of Locked On Nittany Lions with our friends from Locked On Auburn. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is a crossover edition of Locked On Auburn and Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm Zach Blackerby, Kevin McGuire, the host of Locked On Nittany Lions. Of course, man, we were talking before we press record, but we've, uh, I mean, this has been a long time coming, man. It really has. Uh, Zach, you and I have gone back and forth in a variety of ways over really the last year. You know, I reached out to anybody who was willing to adopt me as a fan last year because I didn't think that Penn State was going to be playing last season. The right. folks that locked on Auburn, led by you, led the charge, brought me in, opened up in warm arms, and and now we're going back like, head to head, and it, it's it's perfect almost. And I can't wait for this game. You know, I, I know we'll probably talk a little bit about it, but you mentioned it. This is a long time coming. This is a game yeah. that yeah, I think, as far as Penn State fans are concerned, this is probably one of the more anticipated non-conference games as far as regular season games go in quite some time. You know, you don't get these kind of matchups very often, and it's really cool to see that uh, you're going to get a primetime atmosphere. So I'm happy that Auburn fans making the trip are going to get experience the whiteout uh, because it really is a pretty cool experience. So I, I feel like everything that we've been through over the last year, this is going to be a lot of fun to see go down Saturday night. No question about it. Yeah, and obviously the whiteout has been discussed a bunch. I want to get your thoughts on that. But did you see uh, Brian Harson? He asked Auburn fans that are going to wear orange so they'll stand out amongst all the white. How do you think that'll look? <laughs> you know, that's to be expected, right? I, mean, I think any uh -huh. visiting fan coming into a whiteout game, uh, they're going to show up in their school colors, as they should. You know, every time that they have a whiteout for Ohio State or Michigan, you get the Ohio State scarlet and gray. You get the Michigan uh, maize and blue. Uh, it, that's how it goes. And that's perfectly acceptable. I understand it. And I think uh, Wisconsin tried to do a little bit of a stripe out a couple weeks ago when Penn State was out there. So the Penn State fans, obviously, knowing that Wisconsin is going to dress in red or white, the Penn State fans showed up in blue. So that's Makes just to be expected. And I'm, I'm actually kind of curious to see what the Auburn turnout's going to be because I imagine this is one of those kind of cool uh, road destinations that uh, fans don't usually get a chance to take advantage of. So I'm kind of yeah. curious to see what the turnout's going to be like. Yeah, I, I think Auburn got 8,000 seats, and that doesn't count, you know, secondary market stuff. So We'll see, which, I mean, when you talk about 100,000 plus, I mean, that's what, a, a drop in a bucket. So we'll see. But Kevin, I mean, there's been a lot of thought. I mean, Penn State fans, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but they take a lot of pride in this wideout thing. I mean, a lot of folks uh, that, that I'm sure listen to you are coming over to Locked on Auburn YouTube channel and commenting things and tweeting at me on Twitter and, and, and things like that about like Auburn fans don't recognize and understand what the wideout is about to do to this football team. I mean, that's been a big, big topic of conversation. Yeah, I've seen that on Twitter over the last 24 hours. I think uh, one of the Penn State fan accounts, or I think for the student section, Nittanyville, uh, put out the video saying that Auburn doesn't know what they're about to hit them. Well, you know, I kind of look at that. I mean, hey, whatever gets you excited, that's what it's all about. But, uh, you know, I just kind of remind people that Auburn does play road games at LSU every other year, right? So I've heard so many things about the road atmosphere at a, pro a program like LSU. So I'm not looking at Auburn. It's coming into this kind of environment and going to be intimidated by it because they have been in big stadium venues before around the SEC, and they will do so again. So it may be a little bit of a different experience just because it's a non-conference matchup. You know, I don't know how many times Auburn has faced that kind of environment, but 
again, this is not a program that I expect is going to be overwhelmed by the atmosphere. It's going to be loud. Make no mistake about that. Uh, but this is not something that Auburn is all that uncomfortable or unfamiliar with. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, just looking at it, there's been a lot of talk about quarterbacks, right, Kevin? I mean, John Clifford, Bo Nix, I think both, I think we both can agree that uh, we've seen high highs from both of them. And we've also seen them kind of hold their respective offensive back uh, offenses back at times. How do you think that's going to play out? It's a big mystery, right? Because we go into this game uh, and I've only seen a little bit of what Bo Nix has done this season. I'm looking at the box scores and it's pretty hard not to be impressed by what I'm seeing. But the big question for me is, what do these guys do against teams that are going to play better defense? We already got a glimpse of what Sean Clifford will do against a more competent opponent in Wisconsin in week one. And as anybody who watched that game knows, it was a very slow start for Sean Clifford. Things got a little bit better after halftime, so I think you got to give him credit for that. But he hasn't turned the ball over this year. That's one of the things that really held him back in particular last season. I know it's only been two games, but that is really a good sign of encouragement moving forward with Sean Clifford. Now, Bo Nix, um, you know you know better than I, you know, taking him on the road is a little bit than having him play at home. So, again, what is that going to do for Bo Nix in this type of environment? You, like I said, Beaver Stadium is going to be very loud early on. So how well does he adjust to that? How quickly does he adjust to that? It's a little bit of a question that I have in the back of my head. But it's hard not to be impressed by what each of these two guys have done early on the season. And that's been something that Auburn fans have been super cautious about. It's like, okay, cool. Brian Harson comes in, new head coach, exciting new coordinators, Mike Bobo on the offense, Derek Mason on the defense. I mean, guys that have head coaching experience really coming in and, and taking on a smaller role. But a lot of Auburn fans are like, okay, but I mean, you can't win anything until your quarterback looks competent on the road. And he's going to, man, he's going to have his hands full against his Penn State defense on Saturday and all those fans wearing white and being very, very uh, uh, loud. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a test for him for sure. And you know, Bo Nix is tired of hearing all these things about like, well, if only Bo Nix could perform on the road, right? So I think you're going to see something a little bit different from Auburn this Saturday than you have over the last eight years in the Gus Malzahn era. Because, and I like Gus Malzahn, Kevin. I think he's a fine football coach. But right. his big issue was he'd go in with a game plan and either the game plan would work and Auburn would win or it wouldn't work, and it's just no adjustments would be had. What we're all assuming here with Brian Harson at the helm now, that if Auburn goes in with a certain game plan against Penn State, and whether, you know, Penn State's defensive front is, is, is you know, just obliterating Auburn's offensive line and Bo Nix is having to run around all over the place, there's just kind of this assumption and this trust that the scheme can adapt and they're going to be able to help out their quarterback. You know, you, you talked about Bo Nix going to LSU, Bo Nix going to Florida, to Tuscaloosa and to Athens and playing in these really tough to win environments. But for the past eight years, when things didn't work early on the road, that was it. They couldn't do anything else about it because nothing else really changed about the scheme. That's what's going to be fascinating for me from an Auburn perspective, watching this game on Saturday is one, what does Penn State do to stop it? And two, if they do stop it early, what does Auburn do to change it? Because that's something that we haven't really seen on the planes in almost a decade. 
Yeah, it's very interesting to see what's going to go on as far as the chess match is concerned here between your offensive and defensive coordinators. And I kind of alluded to this earlier, but one of the things that Penn State has typically done fairly well, even when they're not winning the games, they do make halftime adjustments. So I think that there is something to be said there. You go back to last season, they dug a lot of holes in the first halves of games, especially that first five games where they, they lost every single one. They played much better in the second half. The problem was they had dug such a big hole, you know, you can only climb out of it so much. So that's why it's really important to see the offense find a way to get on track early on and have some success and establish a rhythm. And if you don't, then that's up to Mike Yursich, the new offensive coordinator at Penn State, to kind of find ways to make things work and find something that's going to be a little bit different and maybe kind of keep Auburn on their toes a little bit more. Uh, I don't know how much of the game plan we've actually seen from Penn State at this point in the season. You know, I'm sure there's still more uh, to roll out there, but you know, that's one thing that has been painful, I think, from Penn State fans' perspective over the years, uh, seeing an offense that's just kind of sticking to their guns and not making enough adjustments. That's been one of the things that has held them back at times uh, from taking that next leap. But it sounds like Auburn's having the same kind of storyline, so it's going to be fascinating to see this all play out. Yeah, yeah. And you would have to think that Penn State pulled more of their new offense out because they had to win that game against Wisconsin. Obviously, that's an important game for you guys. Um, Auburn, uh, we have no idea what it's going to look like. I mean, we don't know really who Auburn's true number one wide receiver is. I, I think it's one of two guys. I think it's either Shedrick Jackson or Demetrius Robertson, but they both had moments. Sheds was more against Akron, and then Robertson's was more against um, Alabama State. And one of the things I, I posed to my guest on yesterday's Locked on Auburn, Kevin, was I'm fascinated to see who Penn State treats as the number one wide receiver. Do you think they'll pick one guy? Do you think they'll put Penn State's best corner on one of these guys over the other? Or they typically play, you know, um, on a specific side? Do you you have a theory on how they'll address that? Well, I don't know if they're going to go and set out to do that right at the beginning of the game. But if one guy's burning one guy, you know that they're going to make a quick change because they can't have that going on all game. So a guy like Tariq Castro-Fields, I'm sure, is going to be one of the main guys that they want to have on whoever is having the most success in that Auburn passing game. So just keep an eye out for that. Uh, It's a very good secondary, though. So I feel like they're probably pretty comfortable with any kind of matchup that they're going to have. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win every battle, but I feel like there's not going to be much need to push a panic button just because one guy has a really good successful drive or a couple series. So, uh, but again, it's all about the chess match, right? So who makes the adjustments faster? Uh, yeah, I think as far as Penn State secondary is concerned, I do think that there's a certain comfort level in establishing that anybody that's out on the field is going to be able to handle those responsibilities. Kevin, you know what fires me up? Primetime college college football and saving time and money when you use rockauto.com. You know what I'm saying. Absolutely. Rockauto.com is something that everybody who's making the road trip up to Happy Valley needs to check out right now. Because if you need anything for your car or your truck, or if you're going to file into that RV lot, you want to make sure you have everything you need. So if you have anything that you need for your vehicle, you got to go to rockauto.com right now. You're going to make a model of your vehicle. Brings you up their entire catalog of everything you have available, and they're going to give you the best prices available because they are family business. They're going to treat you like family. They've been doing this for 20 years, and that's because they know that everybody hates buying parts for their car, so they want to make it as stress-free as possible. That's why I go to rockauto.com anytime I need something for my car, and I want you to do the same. So go to rockauto.com right now, and then make a model of your vehicle, and then see everything they've got available for you. And then, of course, in the How Did You Hear About Us box, make sure you write in Locked On so they know that we sent you. 
amazing selection, amazing prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So, Kevin, tell me, uh, it, ha, Penn State, you're picking Penn State in this game, right? Yeah, spoiler alert, but I am going to pick Penn State. Sure. Yes. So, so how does Penn State, um, how do they beat Auburn on Saturday night? What are you kind of envisioning? I do think that the offense is going to get off to a good start. And I think we saw some signs that it's capable of doing that last week against Ball State. And I'm not saying that Auburn and Ball State are on the same level. But if you look at Ball State, that's a very experienced team that they just took on. A lot of upperclassmen and defending MAC champions. So I don't think you should just completely uh, overlook it. But I do think that it was a little bit of a confidence boost, too. So I think it's very important for Sean Clifford to be protected early on. So that puts a lot of pressure on that offensive line. Uh, because they're going to have another battle this weekend against those Auburn, Auburn defensive linemen, as they're going to have a number of those battles this season. They just promoted a Harvard transfer to being a starting offensive guard there. So uh, Eric Wilson has uh, shown some leadership on the offensive line, but very important to get a couple of good series under their belt, maybe even jump out to a lead, because even if they do jump out to a lead, I have a feeling that this is a game where you're not going to be able to rest easy in the second half. I don't think there's any question about that. So even if Pensy has a lead, I fully expect that Auburn's going to battle back and make this a tight one going into the fourth quarter. But that's why I, I would feel much more comfortable going into halftime with the lead than going in trailing. Although if it's just a one score game and Penn State's down, we've been down that path before. And like I said, Penn State makes halftime adjustments. So I, I don't feel like that game would be at all out of reach, but very important to feed off of the energy because this is going to be the most electric stadium that we've seen, you know, not to take anything away from the crowd last week against Ball State, but the whiteout is going to be turning things up a few notches, and they're going to have to feed off of that energy early on. Sure. So I think if Penn State does that, they will win the football game, and I think they will win it with ease. If the offense just starts fast and then Auburn's in a hole, I think Penn State will win this game um, by a lot. So I think whichever offense figures things out first – will win the football game. I think it's going to take both offenses a little bit to figure it out because I think both teams are in similar situations as far as matchups go. I think both teams' defenses are better than the team's offenses. And I think Penn State's defense, especially with the secondary, matches up well against Auburn's offense. And I think Auburn's front seven matches up very well against Penn State's offense. So I think both teams are going to try to make the other team extremely one-dimensional. I think Auburn's going to really rely on running the football, especially until Bo Nix gets comfortable. They really, really like Tank Bigsby. And then the emergence of true freshman Jarquez Hunter, who set an Auburn record last year for the longest run in program history. They really, really like this guy, Diamond in the Rough, a three-star guy out of Mississippi. So I think if Auburn can run the football early, I think Penn State's in trouble. And so for whatever reason, and maybe this has changed, you, you, I'd love your thoughts on this. Kevin, in the first week against Wisconsin, Penn State had a hard time tackling consistently. A lot of arm tackles. And now Wisconsin's offensive line, significantly better than Auburn's offensive line. But Tank Bigsby is a better running back than I think anybody that you will face, uh, that Penn State will face this year. So I, I think you're 100% on that. Yeah, I love your thoughts on that matchup. 
that is the one area that would concern me. I think if you're Penn State, and I feel like we've talked about this before, but and I think now that we've seen Penn State against Wisconsin, the way that Wisconsin typically runs the ball, and I know they don't have one of their prototypical Wisconsin running backs that it seems like they've had for decades, right? But they they still have an offensive line. They still know how to pound the ball, and they, they got a lot of yards on those runs too, a lot of hard fought yards too. So that would be something that concerns me. If Auburn can give Bo Nix and the rest of the offense you know, second and short, third and short. All right. of a sudden, I feel like that plays into Auburn's favor much more. As much as I like this Penn State defense, they gave up a lot of yards. They gave up a lot of long drives against Wisconsin. The thing was, they stepped it up inside the red zone. That was the big difference in the game against Wisconsin. You know, forcing a couple of turnovers, got lucky with a, a blocked field goal. So they do tighten things up in the red zone. So I think, conversely, if Auburn's going to win this game, they have to capitalize on any red zone opportunities they get. I don't know how many they'll get, but they got to come away with much more success than Wisconsin did in week one. That was a huge difference maker right there. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about Penn State's running game? Noah Kane, very talented. I know, uh, I know Penn State fans are excited to have him back, but from an efficiency standpoint, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it doesn't seem like Penn State's run the ball as well as I expected them to going into the year. Why do you think that is, and how do you think that'll look on Saturday? I do think that it's uh, fair to address what's going on with the running back situation, but I don't think it's going to be as major of a concern maybe as the season's playing out. I still think they're probably trying to figure a couple things out with the offensive line. Uh, Mike Yersich trying to get a little bit of a feel for exactly how to distribute the carries between these running backs. Noah Kane is obviously the guy. He's the main running back, and he will be as long as he stays healthy. Uh, but I just feel as though they're still trying to figure a couple things out and try to work it into whatever the rhythm they're trying to get to. They obviously feel very comfortable or want to try and focus on the passing game, but you got to have a running game. And there's so much good running back depth that they have available that you would think that Penn State would be a little bit more effective. I think we've seen Noah Kane get a little bit more comfortable uh, the last week and uh, maybe in the second half against Wisconsin. So maybe he's still getting his legs back. Remember, he was injured all of last year, practically right after the opening kickoff. So uh, he's just getting back into game form too. So maybe that plays into it as well. Uh, but I do think that it's going to be very important. If Penn State's going to have success this year, they have to get more out of the running game. Sure, sure. Is there a specific matchup you're looking forward to the most? And mine is on the outside because I think Auburn's going to do everything they can to force Penn State to throw the football and kind of put some pressure on Sean Clifford. I can't wait to see Auburn's number one corner is Roger McCreary. Surprised a lot of people when he decided to come back. A lot of people thought he was going to go pro, but I think he wanted to come back and improve his draft stock a little bit. A prime opportunity will uh, be if he can prove to the NFL that he can cover a guy like Dotson on yeah. the outside. I, I cannot wait to watch that matchup. Is there a matchup that you're specifically uh, kind of looking at and saying, like, okay, that's going to be pretty important and fun to watch? You kind of stole my thunder there, but oh, no. <laughs> that, that's okay. That's perfectly – we're on the same wavelength here. Yeah, because great lines, right? Yeah, when you've got as good of a, a cornerback versus as good of a wide receiver you get, it's hard not to be real fascinated by that matchup. And I'm, I'm sure the camera's going to be capturing that action all night long. And the thing is, you know, I've said it before, but Penn State will take a couple of deep chances down the field with Jahan Dotson. If he gets open, watch out. Uh, because, like I said, they'll they'll take two or three chances. If they connect on one, something big is probably going to happen. If right. they connect on two, then it could be a long night for Auburn. But I, I yeah. don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case. I'm going to go back into the trenches, though, because I do think that Penn State's defensive line uh, has potential. As long as they uh, have a consistent evening, that could be a real fun matchup in the trenches there, too. Because I want to see if Penn State 
can create some pressure for Bo Nix. I want to see if they can get him on the move and kind of make him feel uncomfortable because I do think that that's a big key for success. If Penn State's going to get this game, they got to rattle Bo Nix. And, and I'm not saying like, you know, shake him to the core or anything, although that would probably bode well for Penn State. But I do think well, yeah. that it's very important to, to get him uneasy and maybe force him to make a couple of mistakes that the secondary can uh, take advantage of. Would you say that the, the Penn State defense will try to make Bo Nix sweat? probably and, oh. and here's hoping he's not using sweat block that's right that's right today's show brought to you by our friends at sweat block sweat block is doctor created doctor recommended it works for up to seven days per use it's a wipe you apply it under your underarms after a shower and and uh yeah they have what uh they call the dry shirt guarantee a sweat block doesn't keep you dry you get your money back what is there to lose so whether this is something that uh, you just hate dealing with or it's messing up your shirts or it comes across as unprofessional, Sweatblock is uh, is the product for you. And like I said, they've got that guarantee, so there's no risk to you at all. So if this is something that you have been thinking about, Sweatblock.com is where you need to go and you uh, can get 20% off since you're a Locked On podcast listener. Use promo code Locked On at Sweatblock.com for 20% off. You also can get Sweatblock at Amazon and CVS, but to get that 20% off, you can use promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. All right. Well, I know that I'm going to use sweatblock because I don't want to be sweating as this game's going on on Sunday or Saturday night because Penn right. State may be a six point favorite on betonline.ag, but you know what? I know that this game's going to go down to the wire. Zach, I don't know how you feel about this one, but I feel like we're going to have a pretty intense game and I want to make sure that everybody is placing the best that's possible on this game. Like I said, the, Current line on Battle Line is Penn State minus six. How do you feel about that one? I um, I I will take Auburn. I think Auburn covers uh, in that situation. Six points in this like game, it. I think, will be a ton. I think it's going to be a ton of points. I mean, yeah. I, I I just think points are going to be really really hard to come by Saturday night because, like I said, I think both defenses have the mismatch advantage over the opposing offenses. That's just kind of when I watch the two games that each of these teams have played. Uh, that's just kind of how I, I think it goes. Both teams' defenses, I think, are a little bit ahead of both teams' offenses. So what about you? Where are you leaning on this? I'm leaning towards Auburn plus the six. Like I said earlier, I do like that NC is going to win this game straight up, but I do think that that's a pretty big point spread. So, of course, BetOnline is going to have all the point spreads, not only for this game and all the props for this game, but, of course, everything else going on this weekend around college football. They've also got the NFL this weekend. Totally free to sign up for an account, right, Zach? That's right. That's right. And uh, in fact, you can actually get some money, Kevin. I know you know this. And uh, but yeah, sign up at betonline.ag. Use promo code locked on. One hundred percent welcome bonus, Kevin. Free money. Can you believe that? Free money. Why would you go anywhere else when you get that opportunity? Of course, if you listen to That's the right. Locked On Bets podcast, they tell you how to place your bets this weekend. I'm very curious to see if they're going to chime in on that uh, Penn State Auburn game. But of course. BetOnline.ag, that's the place to go for all your college football betting this weekend. And, of course, they are your sports book experts, right? That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Kevin, uh, we got a few minutes left together. I, I got to ask you this question because uh, I think this is a, a super interesting thing. And I think it's more about the Penn State fan base and the Penn State football team. But I just want your thoughts on it. So uh, a lot of people have been going over the Locked On Auburn YouTube page and commenting, you know, uh, Penn State-related things and, and tweeting at me and, and all that, which is great. I love it. But the two things I'm hearing from Penn State folks that are like, hey, Auburn doesn't stand a chance. One is because 
They're battle-tested on the road at Wisconsin, which is a huge win. Didn't look great in the win, but a huge win nonetheless. It doesn't matter how you get it as long as you get it, which no one's going to argue. Penn State is more accomplished at this point of the season than Auburn. It's not even a question. But the second point is it's all about the whiteout, and it's all about how loud the fans are going to be and how tough of an environment it is. It's Penn State fans aren't talking about their football team. And I think it's a really interesting thing. And now it's even pivoted a little bit with the USC rumors, which I'm sure you've talked about a ton. But Mm -hmm. uh, it's just all the talk is about their head coach and their fans that are going to be very loud on Saturday night. None of it's about the football team. Why do you think that is? Well, okay, a couple things to keep in mind is the whiteout is pretty much their signature event. So anytime that you're going to have the whiteout game, that's going to be generating a lot of enthusiasm. And I do think part of it is because that fans weren't in the stands in Beaver Stadium last year or anywhere else around the Big Ten. Yeah. And I understand, you know, obviously things were different everywhere you look last year, but no fans in any games last year. So people have been waiting for the whiteout for two years now. So it's been a while. And the fact that you get a primetime atmosphere game against a top 25 opponent, one that you don't get to see very often in the regular season. There's a lot of excitement that goes with that. So just getting the chance to get back into a whiteout frenzy for the first time in a couple of years, it's reason to celebrate on its own. And sure. it's, it's really, it's really an event uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but the, all, the other thing is this USC thing that has popped up this week with USC firing Clay Helton. Right. It has actually distracted a lot from focusing on the game. And I can say that from my own personal experience. I have not talked about this game nearly as much as I would have anticipated talking about it on Locked on Nittany Lines because we've been so crowded with all the USC coaching rumors sure. with uh, James Franklin. So it is a storyline going into this game. I wish it was a little bit different because I've been looking forward to this game for as long as we have. Yeah. But the James Franklin situation, whether or not he's going to leave Penn State for USC or not, it is an easy distraction, and it's so it's one that is really easy to get soaked into. And I think that that's kind of a playing into play here. So it's unfortunate. It is the reality of the situation. And I think when Saturday comes around and the, the ball is kicked off, obviously all the focus is going to be on football. But it's just a shame that uh, we're having so many other avenues of conversation this week leading up to this game. Right. Do Penn State fans ever talk amongst themselves in whispered tones about uh, the fact that like the whiteout like statistically isn't that special. They're eight and eight all time. Yeah. Is, is yeah. that something I, that we just agree to not talk about? Pretty much, right? And I was going to bring that up. It's like, well, you know, the, the whiteout is really cool. There's no question right. about that. But if you look historically at the record, it's not nearly as intimidating as you would think. Now, I will say there have been some years where Penn State was just not a very good team for some of those whiteout years. And it also is a fact that they use the whiteout against the best teams in the on the schedule. And some of those teams have been Alabama, uh, Ohio State every other year, basically. Right. Uh, Michigan had a, a clear upper hand for a good stretch there. So it's not like the whiteout is used against um, you know inferior competition. They're using it against the best competition that they have on the home schedule. Uh, Auburn happens to be one of the toughest teams coming into Happy Valley this year. Um, right. A schedule that doesn't have Ohio State because Ohio State's a road game. They get Michigan at home, but they're going to stripe out or something. I forget what they're doing for that one. But uh, it's just kind of cool to see the white out back. And yeah, the, the record kind of speaks for itself. It kind of gets overlooked because it just looks so cool on TV. It, it really does. I think Kirk Herbstreet tweeted out a video of uh, the last time he was uh, there, I guess, the last white out that they did. I assume it was for an Ohio State game, but uh, I mean, it's pretty intimidating. It's pretty cool 
it's a pretty cool thing. And so, you know, Auburn tries to do that every now and then with like the stripe, the stadium and, and all of that. And it's like, I, I think that is definitely a weakness of this fan base is like, we just don't buy into that kind of stuff. We can do a blue out every now and then, yeah. but um, like whatever, whenever they're like, okay, wear orange or okay, wear blue. Like it's just, they don't really buy into it as much. Hey, d- d- I don't know if you heard this. So there's this like working theory going on that Auburn's first game against Akron was a night game and the coaching staff asked fans to wear white. And there's this theory going around that they did that so players could get used to the visual of playing at night with fans wearing white. What are your thoughts on that? Hey, whatever you need to do to get yourself prepared for what you're walking into. How did it go, though? Because obviously uh, the went okay. itself. But yeah, I was going to yeah, say. It went okay. Like you, like you said, it it doesn't work for every fan base. Some fans get a little bit more into it than others. Uh, Penn state has made it their thing with one of the ways that they've marketed the program yeah. over the past decade and a half. It works for them. It doesn't necessarily work everywhere. And I I've seen it on TV. A lot of schools try this uh, color out or stripe out and some look better than others. I'll be honest, you know, an orange out or uh, orange outs actually look kind of cool. Blue out, not necessarily, especially if you're just watching on TV, it doesn't yeah. really work for me. But a yeah. way does, it stands out. It's so vivid. There's a stark contrast with the field. Um, it, it's hard not to get uh, caught up in all that. Yeah, for sure. All right, you want to do picks now? Yeah, sure. Why not? That's what all we're right. here for, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. So I think whoever wins this game, I don't think it's going to be really close. I think, like I said earlier, I think whoever it is, and I'm really honestly 50-50 Penn State-Auburn on this, um, but the, the, the score prediction I'm about to give and it's one I've said all week. It doesn't make it sound like I'm like close or I'm wavering on who's going to win this game because I'm going 27 to 13 for this game. Ooh. Once again, it could be Penn State that wins 27 to 13. But for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to take Auburn 27 13. I think that gives both teams a couple drives where they stall in the red zone and have to kick field goals. And I also think it gives a little bit of wiggle room as far as um, big play potential there. So, I wouldn't be shocked if Penn State won by about 10 to 13 points, but I think whoever does win is going to win by more than a score. I, I like that you're going out on a limb and say, this is going to be the final score. I don't know who's going to win, but that's going to be the final score. So I'll be keeping a close eye on that. I, 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 I lean to Robert on that one. I, I, I admit okay. that. I admit that, that. That, that's fair. I, I already said, I am picking Penn State to win this game. Yeah. I do think it's going to be a close game, though. And even if Penn State gets out to a, a a good lead in the first half. I still think it goes down into the fourth quarter where we don't know who's going to win the game. It may be a last team has whoever has the ball last. I don't know, but I fun. think it's much closer. I think it's much closer. Uh, that's why I'm taking Auburn plus six. I actually think it's a 26 to 23 type of a game. Okay. So like I said, I do think that Penn state comes out on top of that, but Auburn's got every chance to win this game. There's no question in my mind. Sure. Yeah. Like the, the, the you know, our bet online line of, you know, Penn State minus six. Like, I think if Penn State wins outright, I think they cover. I just think it's that kind of game. I, I think right. when it's all said and done, like, I don't think it's going to be just a one-score game at the end of the game. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm all for it being an exciting game. I would love that. I think it's great. I yeah. think it benefits both programs. I think it benefits both fan bases. And Auburn likes to make things dramatic. So there's no telling, man. There's no telling. Hey, and, for all the and yeah. look, this is the first part of a home and home series. So I'm looking forward to seeing when Penn State heads down your way next year. So uh, let's enjoy it this weekend and then let's see what happens next year, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. For Auburn fans listening to this, 
Kevin, where can they find all your work? Obviously, you've got Locked on Nittany Lions, both in podcast and YouTube form, as well as um, you know, uh, you do a lot of writing about the Nittany Lions as well. Yes, uh, I will uh, mention the YouTube page again because we just launched it this week. It's like the perfect week with all the James Franklin stuff oh, yeah. and a big game against Auburn. So if you want to head over to YouTube, check us out there. That would be greatly appreciated. But of course, check out the Locked on Nittany Lions podcast wherever you get your podcast. I'm the editor of Nittany Lions Wire on the USA Today Sports Media Group. Uh, and of course, I'm a contributor to Athlon Sports. So lots of stuff covering all angles of this game uh, from every direction, video, podcast, written material, you name it. I got it. Of course, just follow me on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. I'm sharing that stuff all the time too. Yeah. What about you, Zach? What do you got going on? Yeah, for the Penn State folks that want to kind of get a, a peek behind the curtain of who they're facing on Saturday, Locked on Auburn, wherever you get your podcast, also on YouTube, um, much like Kevin's content. And then I'm the managing editor at uh, Auburn Wire, part of the USA Today, Net, uh, USA Today Network. So you and I do a lot of stuff together and it's really, really fun. And it's finally cool to do something together like this because yeah. we're always in the same Zoom meetings, but now we're actually getting to make content together. So I, I think it's a lot of fun. And uh, we'll get to do it again next year too. Absolutely. And hey, maybe we'll do it again in the bowl season. I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> maybe so. All right. For Kevin McGuire of Locked on Nittany Lions, I'm Zach Blackerby of Locked on Auburn, and we will be back for both of our podcasts tomorrow, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.